If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. Another world. Another time. In the age of wonder. There was once a dream. You could only whisper it. Anything more than a whisper. And it would vanish. A battle between good and evil. You don't know the power of the dark side. Where shall I find a new adversary so close to my own level? Try the local sewer. You know of the rebellion against the Empire? The Avengers. Earth's mightiest heroes. Peace means having a bigger stick than the other guy. One of these days, I'm going to have a stick of my own. I'm Groot. Welcome to the Neverland Podcast. The podcast for lovers of Disney, Pixar, Marvel, and Star Wars. I'm glad you're here to tell us these things. Please welcome your host, Jeremy. I thought he'd be taller. Yeah, I can fly. All it takes is faith and trust. Well, if it isn't the Star Spangled Man with a plan, what is your plan today? Up to Neverland! <laughs> Take your pixie out of your pockets, Neverlanders. Sprinkle some of that pixie dust around. Think of that happiest thought, and let's fly away to Neverland with me, Jeremy, your head lost boy, which makes me the Spider Pan. And if you would like to have a nickname yourself, please visit our website, NeverlandPodcast.com. Click on that Neverlanders link, and you can find out all about how you can become an official lost boy or pixie. And why do we have pixies? Because girls are too clever. They don't get lost. You can also find our very important links to our Patreon page there, or if you just go to Patreon and search for Neverland Podcast, I do very much depend upon your support, and I actually could really use uh, some more support right now. Uh, things are getting a little tight around here. I'm uh, not getting paid a whole lot for my, my current dream job, or <laughs> the, the path of my dream job. Uh, we're kind of struggling a little bit, and I have had concerns that I may have to change how the podcast is going to work and maybe cut back. Uh, and mainly only have releases on Patreon that are going to... Every release will just become an exclusive. Uh, it's getting kind of rough, cause I, and I need to cut some costs, and I may need to cut down the costs that I'm paying to Libsyn right now to be able to put a new show up all the time. Uh, I may need to do, like, a, every other week that I'll have something on the main feed, and then the, the other weeks, maybe just a show will be exclusively to Patreon support. Uh, I'm, I'm still thinking about that, because I would be able to maybe cut some of my costs in half uh, by doing that and reducing the amount of stuff I'm allowed to upload for what I'm paying for. So uh, in order to prevent anything changing, uh, this is you know a, a very important time to jump on Patreon. And I even have things as low as even if you just wanted to donate a dollar a month or even a five dollar a month. I've only, I'm keeping it very, very low because it is a donation thing. But uh, I would very much appreciate it because, like I said, things are a little tight right now. And I'm having to rethink some, uh, some life choices maybe. I don't know. Uh, and also considering what things are going to be doing moving forward. Uh, I've even 
had I've had continuous thoughts that I might try to even write a book based upon what I've learned in my six years of doing this show and some fun little positive type stories that I could share of things that I've learned uh, doing this show that I thought would be fun. Uh, it would take a very long time to get that out there, and I don't know, uh, you know, about distribution on that. But you know, if that ended up being a, kind of a big deal, a big thing, that might be fun. So uh, that there's a lot of things I've considered to, to what I'm going to be doing with things going forward. But uh, I'm I'm kind of I'm in a, a crossroads almost here, because uh, it's it's been pretty rough since I graduated. I've got a whopper of a student loan to pay back, uh, and the the payment is actually bigger than my car payment for that student loan, and so it's really hitting us pretty hard. So uh, we're really struggling right now. Uh, so your Patreon support means a lot, uh, and it means a lot of keeping this going. Uh, so, anyways, but I don't want to bring the show down with that. I do want to let you know that Jim Corcus has let me know that his new book has come out, and it's called Disney Never Lands, Things Disney Never Made. Uh, it's available on paperback right now on Amazon. I'm going to make sure I get a link up into the show notes, and I'll try to put something up onto the regular bit of the website as well, uh, so you can go and check it out. Uh, he's got it right now available on Amazon. Uh, he does use the publish through Theme Park Press, so you might be able to find it there as well, but the link he sent me was an Amazon link, so that's what I'll be using. Now, uh, I just want to go ahead and turn a corner and get right into some news this week because we did have a lot of information come out and some misinformation, and I want to just go straight to the source of what actually was said in the third quarter update from that there was a Disney conference call. So I've got some clips that I've cut from that, and we'll talk about some of the things that happened there, and then we'll just go and have some fun on an attraction in the park. Uh, so let's go ahead and play that news sounder. Spanning the Disney and Geek Universe to bring you the best in comics, toys, movies, and entertainment. This is news from around Neverland. Now, uh, I mainly I've got clips directly from Bob Iger, uh, and he did have a pre-planned address there. So let's go ahead and listen to that and what he says there. Before I discuss our new strategy, I'd like to begin by singling out our studio, which is the envy of the industry. The studio has generated $8 billion in global box office in 2019, a new industry record. And we still have five months left in the calendar year with movies like Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, Frozen 2, and Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, still to come. So far this year, we've released five of the top six movies, including four that have generated more than a billion dollars in global box office. Avengers Endgame is now the highest-grossing film in history, with almost $2.8 billion worldwide. Captain Marvel, Aladdin, and The Lion King have each surpassed $1 billion. And with more than $960 million in box office to date, Toy Story 4 will likely cross that threshold in the coming weeks. And all of these movies will be on Disney Plus in the first year of launch. The studio co-chairs behind this record-setting performance, Alan Horn and Alan Bergman, are now redefining 20th Century Fox's film strategy for the future, applying the same discipline and creative standards behind the success of Disney, Pixar, Marvel, and Lucasfilm. They're taking the Fox studio in a new direction. All new development slates will focus on a select group of high-quality movies 
for theatrical release, as well as for our Hulu and Disney Plus platforms. And Fox Searchlight will continue to make the prestige films it's known for, while expanding its high-quality original storytelling into the DTC space. We see great long-term value in the broad collection of theatrical IP we acquired from Fox, including iconic movie franchises such as Avatar and Planet of the Apes, as well as Marvel's X-Men, The Fantastic Four, and Deadpool, which are now part of Marvel Studios, under the leadership of Kevin Foggy, the architect of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which now includes 23 movies with a global box office of more than $22 billion to date. We're also focused on leveraging Fox's vast library of great titles to further enrich the content mix on our DTC platforms. For example, reimagining Home Alone, Night at the Museum, Cheaper by the Dozen, and Diary of a Wimpy Kid for a new generation on Disney+. As I've said a few times, we analyze the 21st Century Fox opportunity entirely through the lens of our future business, evaluating the long-term potential, especially related to accelerating our transformation into the DTC space on a global basis. As a result of the acquisition, we also now have full operational control of Hulu and a clear path to full ownership providing another powerful platform for us to produce and distribute great content. Hulu will provide us with an excellent opportunity to leverage the capabilities of our television studios and brands, notably FX and ABC Television. The deal also added Star and Hot Star to our portfolio of businesses, giving us a significant presence in India, which will soon become the most populous country in the world. It's a huge market with interesting dynamics, notably a rapidly rising middle class with a strong and growing appetite for media, especially sports. To give you an idea of the value of this platform, last quarter, Hotstar had more than 300 million average monthly users, served an unprecedented 100 million daily users, and delivered a high-quality streaming experience to 25.3 million simultaneous users, which is a new world record. The platform's broad array of premium sports rights will serve it well over the next five years, especially as we expand the service into markets across Southeast Asia. At Walt Disney Television, the Fox acquisition brought us talented and experienced senior leadership who are now in place to produce much of the content we will rely on to implement our ambitious strategy. Their studio capabilities, production expertise, and valuable relationships with the creative community will be vital to our DTC plans while also overseeing ABC, ABC News, our own television stations, FX, Freeform, the Disney Channel, and Nat Geo. National Geographic brings a strong global brand to our portfolio along with world-class content for our television and DTC businesses. Disney Plus will offer more than 600 hours of premium content from National Geographic at launch, along with almost 300 hours of family entertainment from the Fox Studios Library. Disney Plus will ultimately become the exclusive streaming service for our vast library of movies and series, National Geographic content, all upcoming Disney, Pixar, Marvel, and Star Wars movies, and a robust slate of high-quality original programming from the creative engines that drive our entire company. Regarding our suite of DTC services, I'm pleased to announce 
that in the United States, consumers will be able to subscribe to a bundle of Disney Plus, ESPN Plus, and ad-supported Hulu for $12.99 a month. The bundle will be available on our November 12th launch date. Before we take your questions, let me reiterate a few things. Today, much of our focus is on integrating Fox's assets and leveraging them along with our Disney businesses to move quickly into the direct-to-consumer space. Nothing is more important to us than getting this right. We remain confident in our strategy and our ability to successfully execute it, and as Christine noted, we still expect the acquisition to be accretive to EPS for purchase accounting for fiscal 2021. We're clearly bullish on our future for good reasons. All right, so uh, one of the things I want to jump on to, because this was kind of a big thing, and uh, I, I tried to trace and source, which is actually how I came around to find the audio, because everybody kind of jumped on Home Alone. Uh, now, what it sounds like is this may be all stuff going for Disney+. Plus. That seems to be a good focus. And yes, they're remaking a lot of things, or reimagining, rebooting. Uh, Home Alone, Cheaper by the Dozen, Diary of a Wimpy Kid, and Night at the Museum are the things that he said here directly. There has been rumor things flying around of The Great Mouse Detective being remade, and also the Planet of the Apes series being able to continue, uh, which are two things that could happen. There was even a, and I even had to address this, I did this on my personal Facebook page and not on the Neverland page, uh, because... We haven't heard that Peter Pan is being made by Disney. It's just could happen. And even the article that Inside the Magic release said it could happen. But could is not good enough. I want stuff that's actually happening. And uh, the Fox franchise of Planet of the Apes could be continued. That's That seems pretty likely. And it does seem Peter Pan will probably eventually get a Disney remake because everything else is. Uh, so, but there, a lot of this does seem to be something they're doing for Disney plus, uh, they're really trying to add a lot of great content on there, uh, which while we're talking about Disney plus, why don't we, uh, listen to some of the things he had to say about Disney plus. As you know, we're going to launch with a significant number of movie titles that were from our studio. There'll be well over 300 on launch day and over 400, uh, in year one, including the great slate that the studio has out in the marketplace now. Uh, by the way, those titles um, are significant in terms of their quality. For instance, there will be eight Star Wars titles when we launch, uh, 18 Pixar, 70 Disney animation, 240 Disney live action, uh, four Marvel, and then followed by eight more Marvel in year one. So a lot of quality. And then over 7,500 episodes of Disney TV. We're augmenting all of that with a tremendous amount of original live action product. And I've actually screened a fair amount, including the entire series, The Mandalorian, for season one. A number of the movies that we made, including Togo and Lady and the Tramp and Noel and Stargirl, and I could probably name a few others, and a lot of the other series product that we're making from Marvel, from Pixar, from Disney Channel, High School Musical, another one. And I've been really impressed with the quality, uh, with the variety, and with the volume. So a tremendous amount uh, going on on that front. I'm convinced that we're going to launch with a tremendous array of, of intellectual property for people who are interested in National Geographic, Marvel, Pixar, uh, Disney, and Star Wars. Now, we're kind of listening to some of these clips out of order, but uh, yeah, a lot of great things going on with Disney+. Plus. A lot of content going to be put on. Some people have thought, oh, well, it's not going to be as big a launch as I thought. It's still a pretty good-sized launch with a lot of stuff, and they're going to keep rolling out stuff. 
So, you know, it's definitely, I, I'm down with it. I'm not saying, oh, they don't have as much stuff as Netflix. Uh, it's the quality of stuff that they're going to have is definitely going to be worth it for me to still jump into Disney Plus as soon as it's available. And as we have heard, anyone attending D23 this year will get a first shot at buying into Disney Plus. Uh, I wish I was going because I would certainly sign up for my account. Uh, but I do want to get into that Bob Iger has acknowledged the ticket prices are affecting attendance. Uh, let's hear a little bit about uh, the current success of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Um, on the uh, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge front, to give you some color, I think a number of things happened. First of all, um, helped in part by some of our efforts, there was tremendous concern in the marketplace that there was going to be huge crowding when we opened Galaxy's Edge. And so some people stayed away just because they expected that it would not be a great guest experience. The same time that was going on, all the local hotels in the region, expecting a huge influx of, influx of visitation, raised their prices. So it simply got more expensive to come stay in Anaheim. In addition to that, we raised our prices. We, put, we brought our daily price up. So if you think about local visitation, we brought the price of a one-day ticket up substantially from a year ago. And then we opened up Galaxy's Edge with one attraction instead of two. The second attraction is going to open in January. And so all of those factors contributed to uh, attendance that was below what we would have hoped it would be. That said, guest satisfaction, interest in the, in the attractions and the land is extremely high. They're among the most, po the most popular thing at the park. And so long term, and look, we build these things for the long term, we have no concerns whatsoever about them. We're opening Galaxy's Edge in August in uh, Orlando. The second attraction there will open in December, and as I said, the second attraction in Anaheim. Uh, will open in January. So we feel great about the product that we've created. It's going to just take some time for basically for a, you know, things to work themselves out in terms of how the marketplace is reacting. Now, uh, overall, there was something uh, from Christine who was on the call with him. Uh, she, I don't remember what her position is at Disney, uh, but you hear her on the call and she tries to explain that, you know, like individual purchase tickets purchase are up, although annual pass visits seem to be down this past uh, quarter. But overall, uh, they're still on the rise. Their still profits are still going up in the parks. Uh, now they have acknowledged that they, some of the reduced attendance was, of course, people kind of like me and I, as me and a bunch of other podcasts have been saying, hey, you know, when it first opens Galaxy's Edge, it might be smart to kind of hang back a little bit and then come in later when, when the crowds kind of die down a little bit just to make sure you have a great experience. And that seems to be their focus. They want to have everybody have a great experience. So they've wanted attendance to be a little down. And so they've raised ticket prices for one of those reasons, because it does affect attendance. And also they figure the quality of the product they have is and the demand is very high and so when of course your demand is high you raise your prices and uh, on the question are they pricing you out well yes yes they are because they're trying to make sure everybody has a good experience that does get over there so yeah they maybe don't want you to make it because that means somebody else has a better experience because you're not overcrowding the park as we've said a number of times our pricing is designed to really accomplish a number of things one is to reflect the value of the product that we have in the marketplace that includes the franchises and the popularity of them, and of course, the investments that we've made in these parks and resorts by continuing to build them out and continuing to create experiences that are better than many of those that we've had in the past. Um, we also have tried very hard to protect guest experience 
And so the pricing has been designed to make it more expensive in peak periods to manage that demand and less expensive or not as expensive in, uh, in the non-peak periods to make it more accessible. And for the most part, we've done a good job doing that. We know that demand on our product is so extraordinary in the peak periods that it just is in our better interest to, um, to manage crowding because it just affects guest, guest uh, satisfaction. Um, at the same time that you know, we have taken our prices up, our competition has actually been in the market discounting a little bit more. We've certainly seen that with Universal in Florida. And so the gap between what we did and where they've been maybe is a little greater than it's been. And perhaps that's had an impact. We obviously monitor these things very carefully. I tried to explain what some of the pricing impact on Star Wars Galaxy's Edge was, but we do not feel that we have a pricing issue at our domestic parks. And that's reflected in basically not only current business, but a fair amount of research that we've done. Now, however that makes you feel, that's up to you. But that is what they're trying to do. They're trying to make sure that when you do get there, you do have a great experience. And even though you maybe you can't afford and I can't afford to go, that doesn't mean we don't want to go. And that's wanting to go, they consider it to be an important thing, that there is still demand. And so, I mean, that's... That's using the play in the market, uh, you know, whether you like that or not. That's kind of how it works. Uh, but uh, there has been some stories, like even Fox Business came out and was saying that Galaxy's Edge has been a flop. I wouldn't call it a flop. It hasn't quite didn't it didn't bundle over and boil over like they expected it to. But that's because you know they did keep some control on it. And plus, as they stated, a lot of people wanted to step back and hang out, hang back a little bit because they were afraid it was going to be overcrowded, and so they didn't go. But we're going to see that balance out, especially when the the Walt Disney World version opens here very very soon which is right now it's up uh, the annual pass holders are getting their time in there and eric will be there very soon and we'll be able to tell us about his experience and he's going to try to get some audio so we'll be able to experience that very very soon and once they have something going on both parks and we've gotten a year on this i'm sure it's going to be balanced out Either way, though, the profit's still up. The only losses they've had is because, you know, it's the challenge of the Fox merger and stuff like that. So it's the only losses the company has had. But the parks are doing just fine, and it's not really a flop. It just wasn't quite the expectations they had, but they understand why it happened, and they, they do acknowledge ticket prices. But overall, things are not doing poorly or at any stretch of it. Uh, so... You, there's a little bit of stuff that's shock headlines that you got to get past and actually look into the meat and potatoes of some of these stories as they come down. Uh, but that's what we have on that. And I do want to dive real quick. Uh, there were some expectations with Fox, and we'll just uh, roll out with that and let you hear those expectations of what they, you know, they're excited about with Fox and some things that they've nixed. I've even seen stories trying to put a list of things that, oh, here's all the stuff Disney has given the axe to. And we don't know that any of this is factual at all, but I saw that story going around and like, but a lot of it was, is they said, this was stuff the Fox wasn't really going to make. It wasn't getting green lit anyway, uh, but I don't even want to mention a bunch of stuff that was on this list that it's, it's just kind of silly and a lot of hearsay and rumor mill because people come up with stuff to get clicks or get comments and likes on their Facebook or their Twitter because a lot of people don't even bother to read the article, but you get that interaction on social media and it boosts up your, uh, quote-unquote, influence. Uh, so you really got to be careful about that. And so when I try to post something, I try to make sure I've sourced it and checked it and make sure, hey, yeah, this seems viable. Uh, and so I, I try to share what's going to be actual. I want to be truthful with you and give you the honest stuff. Uh, and then, of course, when it is my opinion, I'll give you my opinion, which, speaking of my opinion, after, after we listen to this, uh, 
we'll jump right into the trailer park, but uh, have a listen to what he said about the Fox expectations. We like some of the movies that are coming up. Um, notably, there's one called Ford Ferrari, which we've all seen, which is great. But it will probably take you know, a good, solid year, maybe two years, before we can have an impact. Obviously, it takes longer on the development side, but an impact on the films that are actually in production. But we're all confident that we're going to be able to turn around the fortunes of Fox Live Action, and, um, and you'll see those results in a couple of years. The Neverland Trailer Park. What a lovely morning. Time to wake the children. Hello, world, is a song that we All right, I'm awake. A whole lot of love in this what we'll be bringing. Darling, is that really as tight as you can make it? Hello. Wednesday. What do you have there? I'm not sure. There's usually a murderous clown attached to the other end of these. We'll make you happy. Thank you, old boy. Lead the way. Make you happy. Different. Pugsley, don't drink it all. This gentleman wants some too. What a nervous man. Welcome to the neighborhood. What an interesting home. Fire in the hole. You sunk my battleship. Yes. These people are monsters. They'll ruin the neighborhood. Hey, neighbor. What I do? Down, we're all the same. Let's show them what it means to be an Adams. This is gonna be lit. Choke on this! I got candy. Oh, yes! Yuck. I've done this thousands of times. Totally awesome. Drop it like it's hot. Drop it like it's hot. Drop it like it's hot. Got the rollie on and I'm pouring Sean Dunn. Cause I got it going on. Gossin, you made it! So that first teaser for the Adams Family, I didn't get really excited about. The jokes seemed very, very predictable. Uh, but I'm supposed with if they're aiming it at kids, kids maybe are not as familiar with the Adams Family these days, and so the the type of Adams Family humor would be new to them. So it, it should connect with them. Uh, this one it, it seems like they've turned it into a hip hop franchise, uh, in which doesn't really work for that Adams family. It's the, the whole tone and feel of this doesn't seem to feel right. I mean, I like the look of the uh, the Adams family themselves. They look more like the original comic cartoon stuff style that uh, they were created in. But it doesn't seem to be meeting expectations of 
how the quality should be, but I don't know. You know, maybe we'll see another trailer uh, coming in there. But uh, the interesting thing, and somebody pointed out that them moving into New Jersey is kind of fun because the creator of that and his family was from New Jersey, so it seems to be connecting there. So that's kind of a nice little thing. Uh, we'll have to see though uh, if they start building more interest in this because I mean, there's a lot of people who apparently were excited by the trailer and gave it some likes where I looked at it, but there's also uh, thousands of dislikes. And I think it might, you know, this might be something marketed maybe to the kids. I don't know if this is going to be the box office draw that it should be, considering it is uh, a great property like the Adams Family. But right now, it's it's kind of like that Grinch movie from last year that I was like, this should be great, but something about it just doesn't look great. And this seems to be that's what my feelings are so far from what I'm seeing is I, I'm not getting excited about this, although I probably should because it's the Adams Family and I would be thrilled with some more Adams Family fun. But this one just isn't looking to be that fun to me. Uh, well, at least not fun that I'm going to have fun, but maybe your kids would love it. And I think that's where they're aiming for. So those of you with kids will probably watch and, and your kids will enjoy it and you'll enjoy your kids enjoying it. And so it'll work out for you. So we'll just go from that angle. Have been unavoidably decayed by every spirit. 
Pull down on the safety bar, please. I will no report you. And heed this warning. The spirits will materialize only if you remain safely seated with your hands, arms, feet, and legs inside. And watch your children, please. Para su seguridad, permanezca sentado y mantenga las manos, brazos, pies y piernas dentro del vehículo. Y cuide a los pequeñitos. Y ahora, prepárese. We find it delightfully unlivable here in this ghostly retreat. Every room has wall-to-wall -wall creeps and hot and cold running chills.
have been unavoidably detained by Apache spirits. Kindly remain seated in your doomed body, please. We will continue our tour.
This is your Neverland story time. You can listen along with your MP3 device. You will know it is time to listen when you hear the chime like this. Let's begin now. This is a Disneyland original little long playing record, and I am your story reader. I am going to begin now to read the story of The Haunted Mansion. You can read along with me in your book. You will know it is time to turn the page when Tinkerbell rings her little bells like this. Let's begin now. Have you ever been in a haunted mansion? I have, and I'd like to tell you about it. It was an old house sitting all alone at the end of a dark street. There was a high iron fence around the property with a rusty, squeaky gate. The sidewalk leading to the porch was broken and overgrown with weeds. The wind was blowing the trees, and the branches made strange noises as they brushed against the house. I entered the open front door and was greeted by a ghostly voice. Good evening. Welcome to the haunted mansion. The voice seemed to be coming from the art gallery. Good evening. I said in a shaky voice. Do you mind my being here? Not at all, the voice replied. We have so few visitors. May I show you around? We, my ghost host voice and I, went into the art gallery. The paintings were very strange. They seemed to be stretching. In fact, the entire room was getting taller. The ceiling was going up and the floor was going down. A panel in the wall opened, and I ran out of the gallery and into a corridor. Along one side of the corridor were windows. From them, I could see the garden outside. It had begun to rain and thunder. When the lightning flashed, it changed the pictures on the opposite side of the corridor into weird shapes and ghostly creatures. At the far end of the hall, I could see a staircase leading to the second floor. I climbed the steps very slowly, not knowing what I would run into next. The air got colder, and I could hear the rain splashing against windows. I walked down the hall, and there in the conservatory was a coffin. Don't scream, the ghost host warned. You may wake up one of our guests. Come this way. Madame Leota is waiting for us. Madame Leota was a spirit. In fact, she was just a head in a crystal ball. She called to objects in the seance room, and they began to float around. There was a table, a lamp, a horn, a bell, and a drum all in the air at the same time. I could hear music from another room and went to investigate. 
I passed the strangest clock. It was a grandfather type, but it had 13 hours instead of 12. The music was coming from the grand hall. As I stood on the balcony and watched, I couldn't believe my eyes. It seemed to be someone's birthday, and the ghosts were having a wonderful time. Some ghosts were sitting at the dinner table, while others played on the chandelier overhead. Several ghosts danced to the haunting refrain played by a grinning organist. A thumping sound attracted my attention. It came from the unfinished attic. There in the darkened room stood a ghostly bride. Her heart glowed red with each beat. I turned to run out of the attic, but another image blocked my way. He was a large, cloaked figure whose head disappeared from his shoulders and appeared in a hat box he held in his hand. I climbed out of a window and onto a balcony, then down a tree and was greatly relieved to be out of that house. Now I had another problem. I was out of the house, but in the graveyard. I tried to get help from the caretaker, but he was more frightened than I. He and his dog just stood there shaking. Down the path I went. I passed a group of singing minstrels who paid no attention to me at all. A group of cats and a family of owls joined in spooky harmony. I passed a king and queen teetering on a gravestone and a hearse stuck in the mud. There were ghosts riding bicycles and a masked executioner singing a duet with a decapitated knight. Three hitchhikers stood on the side of the path. Beware, my friend, said the ghost host. They may try to follow you home. I ran the rest of the way down the path, through the crypt, and out the gate. At last, my venture was over. I was frightened, but intrigued. I'd like to visit that house again, and unravel its mysteries.
When hinges creak in doorless chambers and strange and frightening sounds echo through the halls. Whenever candlelights flicker where the air is deathly still, that is the time when ghosts are present, practicing their terror with ghoulish delight. Welcome, foolish mortals, to the haunted mansion. I am your host, your ghost host. <laughs> our tour begins here in this gallery, here where you see paintings of some of our guests as they appeared in their corruptible mortal state. Kindly step all the way in, please, and make room for everyone. There's no turning back now. Your cadaverous pallor betrays an aura of foreboding, almost as though you sense a disquieting metamorphosis. Is this haunted room actually stretching? Or is it your imagination? Hmm? And consider this dismaying observation. This chamber has no windows and no doors. <laughs> Which offers you this chilling challenge to find a way out. <laughs> Of course, there's always my way. Oh, I didn't mean to frighten you prematurely. <laughs> the real chills come later. Now, as they say, look alive, and we'll continue our little tour. And let's all stay together, please. And now, a carriage approaches to take you into the boundless realm of the supernatural. Once on board, remain safely seated with your hands, arms, feet, and legs inside. And watch your children, please. Do not pull down on the safety bar, please. I will lower it for you, and heed this warning. The spirits will materialize only if you remain quietly seated at all times.
Oh, yes. And no flash pictures, please. We spirits are frightfully sensitive to bright lights. first editions. Only ghost stories, of course. <laughs> and marble busts of the greatest ghost writers the literary world has ever known. They have all retired here to the haunted mansion. Actually, we have 999 happy haunts here. But there's room for a thousand. Any volunteers? <laughs> if you should decide to join us, final arrangements may be made at the end of the tour. Send us a message from somewhere beyond. Goblins and ghoulies from last Halloween. Awaken the spirits with your tambourine. Creepies and crawlies, toads in a pond. Let there be music from regions beyond. Wizards and witches, wherever you dwell, give us a hint 
by ringing a bell. The happy haunts have received your sympathetic vibrations and are beginning to materialize. They're assembling for a swinging wake. And they'll be expecting me. I'll see you all a little later.
Creek and the tombstones quake. Spooks and knockers swing and wake. Happy haunts materialize. And begin to vocalize. Grim bringing ghosts come out to socialize. Now don't close your eyes and don't try to hide. For a silly spook, they sit by your side. Shrouded in a dark disguise. They pretend to terrorize. Grim come out to socialize. As the moon climbs high o'er the dead oak tree, spooks arrive for the midnight spree. Creepy creeps with eerie eyes start to shriek and harmonize. Grim bring ghosts come out to socialize. When you hear the knell of a requiem bell, we're ghosting where spirits dwell. Restless bones etherealize. Rise as spooks of every size. <laughs> selected you to fill our quota and they'll haunt you until you return hurry back hurry back be sure to bring your death certificate if you decide to join us Make final arrangements now. We've been dying to have you. <laughs> now I will raise the safety bar, and a ghost will follow you home. <laughs> Kindly watch your step. Please watch your step.
In case you haven't noticed, we're having a little bit of a celebration here of Disneyland's Haunted Mansion hitting 50 years. I don't remember the exact day. I should probably remember these things because I love the Haunted Mansion. But yes, 50 years. The celebration has already begun in Disneyland. And even Walt Disney World is celebrating for Disneyland. The Walt Disney World, uh, theirs didn't come on until a couple of years later. Uh, that celebration, I'm sure, will also be awesome. But uh, 50 years of the Haunted Mansion in Disneyland. So I, I hope you enjoyed experience it audio audibly <laughs> with uh, various uh, ways through it uh, so yes we'll see you all next week Thank you for listening to the Neverland Podcast. We invite you back next week for more fun and adventure. Until then, remember to keep a pixie in your pocket. It's that young at heart, positive attitude that you can share with others. And remember to visit our website at NeverlandPodcast.com. There you can find links to our news page, our shop, our contact page, where you can easily send an email to podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. You can also find our Neverlanders page where you can find out how to become an official lost boy or pixie because girls are too clever to get lost. Become a real Neverlander. Please feel free to leave us a voicemail at 816-226-6492. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at NeverlandPCast. And like our Neverland Podcast fan page on Facebook. We also have a group on Facebook for you to join. We also appreciate your support to keep the Neverland Podcast up and running. Visit patreon.com slash neverlandpodcast to donate to keeping the pixie dust alive. Copyright content featured on the Neverland Podcast is copyright of their respective creators and used under fair use license. All original content is copyright of Blue Band Productions and a very special thanks to Yeehaw Bob Jackson at yeehawbob.com for our new ending music. God bless! Hello everybody, this is Yeehaw Bob Jackson, Neverland Podcast, we love you, Neverland Podcast, we love you, Neverland Podcast, it's true, Neverland Podcast, we love you.